You're listening to episode 56 of the Urban Yogi Podcast with Silver Storic. Welcome. This is an invitation for you to relax. This is your time. Silver Stork is an author and mentor boldly showing up as a global connection ambassador, leading workshops and keynotes on radical truth and the art of co-creatorship. He recently published Lemputu, Wisdom for a Deeper Connection to Each Other and Nature, and co-authored the Amazon bestseller, Better Business, Better Life, Better World, The Movement. I hope you enjoy my interview with Silver Storic. There's nothing to do. Do we want to set an intention for yeah for this? Let's do a 30-second hug. So anybody who's listening right now, uh, we really believe in the power of hugging, especially two guys hugging, because it takes about 20, 30 seconds for oxytocin to get released. So maybe anybody who's listening with a friend right now, I invite you to just turn, hug your friend. Thanks, Silver. Thank you. So basically, I was cold plunging, which I like to do up in Lynn Valley. Mm. And then one day, this fellow shows up, and I'm usually the only one who, who takes off my clothes, and there's usually like 20 or 30 guys there. And, uh, and then this fellow took off his clothes, and he started doing some really interesting movements. He started going like, ah, and that kind of stuff, and bringing energy down, and I thought, wow, like, I want to I wanna know who this person is. And it turns out that Silver does similar work that I do. And, uh, yeah, I'm just really grateful I met you. So, Likewise. Thank you, thank you for being on this podcast. It's a pleasure to be yeah. here. And you were talking about inten- setting an intention. What, what intention do you feel we could set for this, this podcast episode? I would love to set the intention to to open our hearts as men and to break down the, the boundaries and, and the barriers that are keeping us in, in competition and comparison. I think that's a beautiful intention. How about we do, there's like an Anthabaskan prayer where we say protection and then beauty, and that kind of maybe aligns with that intention. 
That's so, a, yeah, that's a beautiful, <clears throat> beautiful you know that mantra. One? It's like, um, so if anybody listening wants to repeat with us, mm. you say, protection above, protection below, protection beside, protection in front, protection behind, protection inside. I am, we are, protected again. Beauty above, beauty below, beauty beside, beauty in front, beauty behind, beauty inside. I am, we are, beautiful again. And so it is. And so it is. Mm. Mm -hmm. So when did you first get into um, the whole rewilding aspect of your life, of, of doing things like getting naked, of wild bathing in the forest, wild man activations? When, when did this all start in your life? I think it started back when I was a property developer and real estate agent in Edinburgh, in mm. Scotland, and I was... I was working myself to the bone. I was mm. I was stuck in the in the daily grind, just going after more money, bigger, better, faster. Yeah. And there was no real end goal that had any meaning. I did have a, a dream project, but I would never get the time to work on that dream project. Which was in the real estate realms? It was, it was actually a giving project, a project yes. called Give Two Hours, which is a, a concept and an idea that I've been developing over the last few years where nice. we all have the opportunity to give to, to people and worthy causes and the environment close to us, you know, in our proximity. Nice. And that, that was my, my real dream, but I was never getting to that because I was too busy earning a buck right and I needed I needed an escape I needed a release and so I worked my ass off and eventually worked through this not good enough feeling that had been haunting haunting me since childhood mm -hmm. and I finally treat myself for for all the hard work and for all the people that I had found amazing dream homes for and investments for and I bought myself an Aston Martin nice. and this really wasn't for status it was just for me it was a work of art mm -hmm. and it was like my chariot it it, it gave me my wings mm -hmm. and it allowed me to explore more of Scotland than I had in my whole lifetime within just a year and a half mm -hmm. So every weekend I would, I, would, I would jump in the Aston and I would just rip up the tarmac and fly up the, the roads to the Scottish Highlands and, and go to B&Bs and just take time in nature, go hiking. Mm. And I would swim in the, in the rivers and the, and the lochs which are the Scottish bunny, lakes. Bunny lakes of Loch Lomond. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Diving off the bunny bunny banks oh, of Loch wow. Lomond. That's amazing. Swimming in the sea throughout the winter. And that was really, that was really my, my adult remembering 
of, of my inherent wildness. But really, it goes, it goes all the way back to when I was, when I was a, a child. And I was, I was the age of, say, five, mm -hmm. uh, between five and eight. And we had this river yeah. at the bottom of our street. Oh. And without, without my parents knowing, I would sneak out the house with, with my brother and we'd go through the, the cast iron gate at the bottom of the cobbled street and we would, we would explore the river as far as we could go for hours and hours. Mm. And yeah, we'd come back hours later wet and soaking and my dad didn't know where we'd been and he would, he would beat us pretty bad because he was, he, was, he was really worried about where we were, but mm. nothing could keep us from that, that adventure. So that's where it all started. Cool. So when you were pretty young. Yeah. Yeah. Which reminds me of, of a story that my mum told me that when I was when I was first able to walk, just after the, the age of one or so, I disappeared out of the house and I was found a, a mile or so up the road, just like running up the road as this little baby toddler. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the neighbors found me on these country roads and I was just like exploring. So it was, it was like there <laughs> from an early age. Yeah, That's very cool. Doing your thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was your mom quite open-minded and, uh, and, and progressive and, and into nature? I remember you, we were talking a little bit about sort of contentious things like flu shots and stuff and you said that she's sort of more of a natural approach. Do you think that, that your parents influenced that wildness from an early age of, of rewilding and buying more in, into sort of a natural way of, of, of living? I think, I think she definitely did. She was, she was into going on these meditation retreats up north in, in Scotland and therefore the adults would, would, would sit and meditate for hours on end wow. while my brother and I just, just ran, ran amok and ran riot round, round this big, big Scottish estate that was I don't know, a hundred acres of land wow. and it had waterfalls and rivers and... And your father would meditate too? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So... Wow. So yeah, we were just always out, out in nature. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the, the food um, in, in Scotland is generally, when I was there, it was quite healthy and like everything was very natural and like the, the cows seemed to be treated better and I would imagine the food that you guys grew up on was, was a lot closer to nature than the standard American diet. It was. It was in the early days. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, it gradually became more and more processed and, and fast. Mm -hmm. You know, as, as my mom, being a single mom, ran out of time and, and needed us to do our own cooking. It was right. sort of boil in a bag. Yeah, rice that was like and my curries too. and um, frozen fish dinners and, and things. Stuff. Yeah, same, same story here. Um, I feel like in in many European countries, and it sounds like Scotland is included in this. There's more of a men are are more and women are a little bit maybe more comfortable with their bodies and being naked in, in public spaces and. You know, we've been exploring this whole concept of, of the wild man activation and sexual kung fu and teaching these technologies to men. Uh, and a lot of our uh, students, obviously, are from North America. 
would you say that there's more of a body positivity in, in many European countries as opposed to Canada? From from my short experience of being here in Canada, I would I would say yes. Mm -hmm. I, for instance, in male changing rooms back back home or in Europe, mm -hmm. everyone just walks around, you know, openly openly naked. Mm -hmm. they, the the majority don't don't wrap a, a towel round them. Cover up. Yeah. Um, whereas whereas I see I see a lot more. People in, in North America who are really like shy and coy and trying to take their take their shorts off under their towel and yes um, I noticed that sometimes putting them back on and yeah in, in our groups here the guys will kind of put towels on or um, I got a message from a friend in, on Facebook he said you know I really want to do your naked yoga classes but I can't even get naked in a change room around other men you know wow. I wish I could you know, and I keep getting this uh, from mostly straight guys, but I wish I could come or I wish that I could be more comfortable in my body. Could we have a discussion? Like, do you, could we talk more about it? Because mm, I do want mm. to. So it seems like we're on this precipice socially in North America where more and more men want to feel comfortable naked. What sort of advice would you give men who, who wish they could get over that hurdle or what sort of techniques would you recommend? Well, there's... I think there's so many opportunities to practice if we're willing to create them mm -hmm. and a great place to start is the male changing rooms. It's, it's, really, it's really owning, owning your body and your, and your manhood and your sexuality and, mm -hmm. and just not, not needing to wrap yourself in that towel and just confidently mm -hmm. undressing and confidently walking to the shower yes confidently drying yourself in front of other men yeah and confidently getting dressed again for I, me it was almost like an act and then it's gotten to a place now where it, it actually i do feel confident in myself in a naked men's change room context so would you say that it's okay to fake it till you make it like to hold yourself in like a power pose even if you feel like breathing shallow once you take off your clothes to stand a little taller and breathe down into your into your lower chakras yeah I'm I'm having a little bit of a, a, a trigger here around the, the fake it till you make it because mm. I I believe that it's it's inside us already that confidence exists right. it's just been suppressed so yeah. yes I agree just you know take take a deep breath perhaps mm. and just mm. and 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 create more of an upright posture mm -hmm. so that so that you can really own your your body and your being yeah just this motion of moving from here to taking a breath and moving to to here it's like a yoga pose it's yeah it's like moving into a mountain pose, mountain pose. it's so much more empowering and embodying yes and yes it, it takes you out the mind Yes, I like that. And I liked what you said during the class. Silver came a couple times to teach his wild man mm. activation at my sexual kung fu class. And when you started, you said you came up, you were naked, and you just said the penis sometimes is big and sometimes it shrivels up and wherever it is, it's perfect. And, and I think that's sort of an important thing to remind guys of is that your penis is just like a barometer. It's going to always be fluctuating and that's okay. 
You yeah. know, it doesn't have to look like one of the collagen injected ones that's been pumped up with Viagra and Cialis and whatnot in a porn video. Well, that's right. And you, you make a great point there because that's, that's what men are comparing their, their, their cocks to is, is the cocks they see in pornos. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's where this comparison starts and this, this shyness. Whereas it's constantly changing size depending on the, the temperature, the environment, even, even certain emotions. Like even, even when I'm, I'm teaching a, a wild man activation technique in front of a group, my, my cock tends to, to shrink because it, it gets a bit camera shy. Me too. For example, and it's like... It goes it, in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's perfectly natural. And it's really important to understand that, that we as men come in all shapes and sizes. Women come in all shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody wants a, a huge cock inside them. Right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. What do you think the benefits are of the practice of something like naked yoga or wild man activation or even just simply being on a men's retreat and encouraging men to hug for 30 seconds what are some of the benefits of all those practices in that you've seen well if we if we start with the hugging there's there's so there's so much um non-hugging going on it's like fake hugging it's like Ah, uh, you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get your balls you know, away. <laughs> stick, stick your butt out, yeah. Balls, yeah. balls cannot touch. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and there's this sort of manly slap on the back. Mm. And I personally love that, that moment when I, when I keep hugging another man beyond his desire to pull away again and again and again and again mm-hmm. until suddenly there's just this massive drop it's like a whew, mm-hmm. of weight and you can actually feel the relief of just being held by another man and that mm-hmm. that safety that he he suddenly feels mm-hmm. it's 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 such a beautiful beautiful moment so for 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 your listeners i would really really encourage them whenever they are hugging to to just practice moving beyond that point of resistance and that point of pulling away when you're when you're hugging and really really soften into into the embodiment of the the present moment of that that Mm -hmm. hug and see if you can get it 30 to 60 seconds and just just notice what happens yes it's, it's beautiful it is beautiful i feel like that that want to pull away is it's partly a homophobic thing and it's also partly like just in general in our society we've been conditioned to not really feel that good mm. anything that feels good like touching yourself pleasuring or even eating really healthy i mean there's on every bus stop advertisement at least downtown it's Big Macs, McDonald's, and processed food, which all makes you feel kind of shitty. It's almost like the dominator system doesn't want the masses to feel that good. And so a really genuine 30-second hug feels really good. Oh, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. And, uh-huh. and, and 
even encouraging other men to to go there with you as well it's like yeah. you know hey did you know that if we hold this hug for for more than 30 seconds then we release oxytocin and we feel more more cortisol goes connection. down and oxytocin goes yeah. up stress goes down connection goes up yeah it's it's beautiful and then that so then i can hear i can e- even hear some of the listeners they're thinking well yes i want to do that but i don't want to be seen as gay what would you say to, to, to that thought form to help people get over that? Yeah, it's, a, it's such a, a, yeah, it's such a, a negative thought pattern that has been implanted in, in men from, from such an early age. Mm-hmm. And I would say to those men, it's time, it's time for that to go. It, it does not, it does not serve, serve men it does not serve humanity as as a whole and it mm. and it comes from a a, a very toxic and outdated perception of you know being close to to other men mm-hmm. so it, it's it's really time for that to be dissolved mm-hmm. and yeah it takes it takes a little bit of courage and, and bravery to to move beyond that but we're we're human we're we're brothers we're we're mm-hmm. sisters and you know just to hug a man even if you're naked together it's it's a really really beautiful thing mm-hmm. it creates more connection it, it breaks down the barriers mm-hmm. so i really encourage you to to try it out that's awesome that's awesome it's funny um some of the people who find it the most difficult to to hug other men you'd think it would be straight guys but i've noticed in my classes it's often the guys who identify as gay Mm. who who find this work the hardest and i notice sometimes in the gay world there's a bit of a cattiness there's a bit of a um, people wanting to one-up each other and that's also with among straight men as well so Mm. i know that this is not limited to just one type of matter one identity so i i really feel it's something that all of us could work could work on and yeah i just i just want to i i feel like saying you know these labels of like this dividing of men into gay and straight it's only been around for about 100 years and um even the 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 prime minister of iran a few years ago when somebody said well how do you deal with gay people in your country he said well there aren't any gay people and that that freaked people out of globally but i understood what he meant because gay versus straight that polarity is a western first world notion Mm. in other countries and i'm not saying this conceptualization of male sexuality and masculinity is right but in other countries like in the middle east it's are you masculine are you a, a pussy and so you could be a married man i've got many friends whose fathers are married to women but also they're allowed to culturally have sex with other men as long as they're the top. And that doesn't affect their identity as like a real man. Mm. So this, the concept of sexuality, uh, the idea that you base your whole identity on who you sleep with is just a Western first world notion. So yeah, I just, I just want to say that because I feel like it's, I just feel like all these labels, like am I a real man or am I a pussy? Am I gay? Am I straight? It's all like very, uh, toxic and it's not really grounded in reality 
I, I totally agree and I love the, the way that you've described that and it, it, it reminds me of this, this um, derogatory term around you're gay, you're a pussy, you're mm. a faggot mm. and, and it's, it's really putting, putting, putting men, men down. Mm. You know, when and, and young men from from school, yeah, they're they're getting told that they're they're gay or they're a pussy because they're perceived as weak, yes, or maybe they're hanging out with the girls more, or maybe they're not as or involved in sports. Or maybe the girls sports. like them. Like in my case, I had all these beautiful women flocking around me. I was the student council president, and I feel now looking back that some of the guys were jealous and so they're like, well, you're a faggot. Mm, mm. And I was a sensitive one, so I internalized that identity and I literally became a faggot because the guys kept calling me that. Mm. But in reality, so then it makes me think of like the endocrine system and there's a, there's a, a type of fish called the African cichlid. And when the males fight, they have these little battles. If one wins, their testicles start to gorge with testosterone mm. and the loser the testicles shrivel up and they become impotent. And I feel mm. like on an energetic and even hormonal level, this is happening, albeit not as extremely with men. And I feel like in the Piscean age, which is the age we all grew up in, which was the darkest age of humanity according to many traditions, which ended in 2012, 2014 area, that age, it was all about hierarchies of dominance. So there was one alpha male and he was allowed to feel good. Mm. But then it's, for example, I don't want to, I'll just say certain owners of certain car companies. <laughs> and then he'd have all these men working for him. And they weren't allowed to feel as good. They had to work for the man. Mm. And perhaps on a hormonal level, their testicles weren't producing quite as much testosterone. Or they weren't quite, you know, standing as tall and proud or breathing quite as deeply down into their balls. They weren't allowed to. But now that we're in the Aquarian age, that dominant structure is starting to crumble. And now it's about allowing every single man in the world to really embody his masculinity and his endocrine system so all of us can have a full sack of testosterone in our nuts so we can all walk around as the alpha male. Rather than one alpha male and then a bunch of betas, we are all elevated to alpha male status because there's no more competition and comparison. And it's more about being who you really are, which is blissful, bountiful beauty healthy, happy, holy, regardless of externals or any social structures that your ego is picking up on from the Piscean age. I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's really moving beyond the, the divide and, and conquer mm, methodology divide, yeah. that, that we've succumbed to mm. as, as a society and, and making it, making mm. it more, more inclusive mm -hmm. because everyone deserves to have a voice. Yes. Yes. You know, everyone deserves to, to have a voice. And then it makes me think of what we were speaking about, how when you first encounter people who are openly gay, it was often what people who were extremely, uh, didn't understand boundaries and were slapping your ass and coming right up in your grill without your permission and this and that, and just being really loud and almost obnoxiously rude. And, and that makes me think perhaps those people in their own pinched off way we're trying to feel better everybody just wants to feel a little bit better but because they were so disconnected they were so in their egos and so disconnected from their glandular systems they couldn't feel the way they most wanted to feel without trying to get the approval or the attention of others 
Yeah, the the gay community that I experienced in my my early twenties when I was growing up in Edinburgh and and in the club scene, it was it was very very in your face, like overly 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 shockingly camp. Mm. You know, everyone was out out to shock, and mm. that that was my only um, interaction with the the gay community. And men would come up and 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 kiss me occasionally without even asking and and just be really in my face um one guy kissed me on the lips and it was it was really shocking it's like what's 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 happening here you know you're invading my boundaries and he didn't know you it doesn't doesn't matter who you are he didn't know me at all and and i have to admit because of that i i became a bit homophobic i was just like really standoffish and you know just keep yourselves to yourselves if you keep yourselves to yourselves then it's fine by me but you know stay back don't stick your tongue in my bottle <laughs> <laughs> definitely don't stick your tongue in my bottle <laughs> and and i have to say that your your sexual kung fu class was was mm. a real opportunity to put that to rest Mm. because some of that would have been lingering in my energetic field mm. somewhere or in my in my body somewhere mm. even though i i had friends who were who were normally gay you know just normal people who were mm. were were beautiful people and and they didn't try and shove it down my throat they mm. they didn't um they they didn't try to shock me with it. The 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 dearmoring process that we did in your class, just just by hugging each other naked, and and having gay and straight and bi men in the room, and just being there together and doing these these sexual kung fu practices with our with our cocks together, it was it was really able to help help me dissolve that 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 wound if you like mm. or that that barrier so yeah i'm i'm truly truly grateful for that oh thanks man and you by wound you mean that the the the, the schism that you had in your psyche about the the gay men who you had initially met who were so forthright yeah just the and and also that wound of of, of me actually finding myself as being slightly homophobic right and just like well I don't want to be homophobic, but I'm homophobic. Right. How did this happen? Right. So, being able to be around other men and be naked, and yeah, just observing each other's manhood without mm. without comparison, mm. and and just letting letting all that comparison and competition fall away. Yeah. And letting gay and straight and bi fall away. Yeah. And just being there together as brothers and men. Yes. Yeah, it was very, very healing for me. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. I find it very healing as well. And going from competition and comparison, whether it's sort of like an example in the gay community where people are who who had sex with who and you know, who's who's doing this and who's doing that, to just we're all brothers. And it just feels so much more life giving. So it feels like all the structures in, in any community that have anything to do with competition comparison are beginning to crumble because they never really worked anyway. 
and now structures that are more uh, truthful are beginning to become the more prominent uh, you know, structure of our entire society. Because truth, according to David Hawkins, is that which supports life. And that which supports life supports mm -hmm. all life. So the idea that we're all brothers and we're here to help each other succeed, that thought form supports life far more so than the, the, the thought forms like, you know, I'm gay and you're straight and this is how gay people have to act and this is how straight people have to act or, mm -hmm. um, you know, we have to compete and compare. Like it makes me think of MMA. You go to a bar, all the dudes are drinking beer, which actually makes it harder to be a man because it's all hops, which feminizes the body. Hmm. And then a little side note as I'm taking a herbalism course, hops was not the original ingredient in beer. It was uh, herbs that were more activating that made people want to be a little bit more masculine. But then oh. the Catholic Church made her law that any beer had to be made with hops and barley because it sedated men and it sedated the masses into more compliance and feminization. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, so was that... Fa now I've lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Um... It'll come back to me. You were talking about men in the bar. Oh, right. Okay, thank you. So they're watching MMA. Yeah. So in our culture, the only socially acceptable way, at least in the Piscean Age, thank goodness it's changing, for men to get close to each other was to punch each other in the face mm. and get all bloody and, you know, basically just be really violent. That's the only socially acceptable way for two male bodies in our society to, to merge. And that's echoed you know, and the sad truth that guys from certain suburbs still go to Davy Street downtown with the explicit purpose of beating up gay guys. The only reason, let's, let's do something fun on Friday night, let's get drunk, get in our pickup truck and go to Davy Street and punch some gay guy out. And that still happens, not only in Vancouver, but all over the world. And uh, it just makes me think that that thought form of, of competition really, you know, it's so it's been so damaging and so many people have been hurt both emotionally and physically because of it that I think the work that we're doing is really important and I feel like a lot of guys know that but they're just still scared to go you know I'm scared I don't want to get naked I don't want these feelings to come up what advice would you give them in that context um, firstly what you sh just shared is yeah it's truly shocking that that's still still going on and mm -hmm. and it maybe comes from this fear of being perceived as gay if you're if you're a straight man, mm. and um, yeah, remind me of your question. What what would you say? Like, because I feel like we've gotten to a place, at least in Vancouver, where most guys, or many guys, or more guys, I guess I should say, are at a place where they're kind of going, well, I don't want to be homophobic. Right. But I, I'm a little too scared to go to like a naked yoga class. But I feel like it could benefit me, but I just need that extra little conversation or push to, to feel safe to go. What would you say? Well, I'd say the work that every single man does in this area helps heal the, the collective. Mm. So it's, it's really, really vital that, that more men show up for this work and it will bring you closer to men and into more deeper connection and, and brotherhood mm. with other men. It will help you dissolve those, those, those wounds and, and fears of, of being, being seen 
as 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 gay if you're predominantly straight just mm. just let let that that all fall away mm. and and this is a, a beautiful opportunity to to really get get close to to other men and mm. it it takes it takes bravery it takes courage and we've we've got a we've got a build more bravery and courage in this world because we are being suppressed as as men in so many different ways we've become we've become divided we've become caged beasts almost so suppressed that we are bypassing our our, our real emotions and our real feelings with with alcohol with with drugs with with sugar with with food with caffeine <laughs> all these things to bypass are, are true emotions and do you think it's because the dominator system not to be too much of a conspiracy theorist if every if every man were just hugging other men and that would lower competition absolutely which would be bad for predatory capitalism which this society is based upon do you think that's part of it? Like, I don't want to be too much of a conspiracy theorist, but is, is it almost like the dominator system wants people to be on caffeine? Is that why there's three Starbucks on every corner? Because it kind of keeps you in fear and you, well, I want, you know, fuck that guy, you know. It's almost this, this dominator, um, you know, dog-eat-dog paradigm that is hanging on for dear life. <laughs> it never really worked, so it's going to crumble. Well, absolutely. It's it, it it's simple. It's a simple way to control the masses, and 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 the the, the men are the, the 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 dominant force, and the ones who can who can who can do some physical damage in the world. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of under the radar stuff that is is keeping men incredibly weak. And, and suppressed and that's that's it's, it's the way to to keep keep men submissive and to keep control right. so there's a lot of fear there's a lot of there's a lot of scarcity mm. and yeah to be honest there's a lot of fucking mediocrity mm. and mediocrity and scarcity are the two biggest plagues out there Right. We, we need to raise the fucking bar, guys. We all need to raise the bar. Our, our women want us to raise the bar. Mm. Our families want us to raise the bar. Our communities are ready for us to raise the bar. The world is ready for us to raise the bar. Mm. The facts are that there are no global leaders or change makers to the level of Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa, um, Joan of Arc, Gandhi. Mm. We're in the modern world and there are no leaders who have that level of enrollment and, and that capacity for change. Mm. And I think that is, is what I see as the impact of all this... All, all this... Um, how can I put it? It's all of this suppression and, and, and bypassing and abuse and addiction 
and scarcity and mm. fear that we Thank are you. subjected to at the moment. It makes me think of a, a quote from Gabor Mate, the addictions doctor. He said, the opposite of addiction is not sobriety, it's connection. Giving yourself permission to connect yeah. to yourself and to your fellow brothers and sisters without shame or fear. And Northrup, Dr. Northrup says, if you've been shamed, the way to get your power back is to actually go literally to the place in your body where you've been shamed and re-inhabit it with your consciousness. Mm. I think that's a large part of the wild man activation is you're actually going, you're actually putting attention on your cock and balls and bringing life force energy in there, bringing your consciousness into that region, which most men are, we're kind of castrated energetically because you're not allowed to think about it throughout the day. And the only time men, most men are thinking about it is when they have one hand on their cock, one hand on a mouse, staring at a screen. So it's like they're not even in their bodies, their consciousness is in a screen. And then they're jerking off all the time, so they don't have any juice to work with. And then, so testosterone levels are at an all-time low. They've dropped about like 47% the last 100 years. Yet Viagra and Cialis prescriptions are at an all-time high. Erectile dysfunction, prostate issues, you name it premature ejaculation is all at an all-time high so I feel like what we're doing is really important you know, Absolutely. And it's hard to read it in a book like I got multi-orgasmia I couldn't understand the techniques until I actually saw a naked guy doing them and I was like oh oh that's how you do oh that's easy okay you just squeeze your butthole and then you look at your third eye you just bring the energy mm. out okay so uh, I think a lot of guys want to learn this stuff and I do think it is beneficial to see another naked man actually demonstrate it it's like get over your ego it's not a big deal. You're not gay. Get a little excited. Doesn't mean you're gay. You know? And that's that brotherhood piece. We're all brothers and sisters. We don't need to be thinking of it in a sexual context. And if you get excited, it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. It just might mean that you're following your bliss. Because the cock is the outermost extension of your heart. So if it gorges a little bit when you're hugging a fellow brother, it doesn't mean that like it's a bad thing. It just means you're in your heart. Sorry, yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, just, it's so it's so it's so powerful, and yeah, porn makes me so fucking angry. It really, really does. Me it's, too. it's robbing so many men of their vitality, their vigor, their aliveness, their life force, mm. their fucking juice yeah. to go out and make an impact in the world and mm. to show up in a powerful, creative, meaningful impactful way yeah and it's yeah it's, it's almost like a they're in a deficit problem. so they don't even know not not everybody but a lot of people don't even know what we're talking about because they've never experienced what it's like to not ejaculate for two weeks so they're like well what are you talking about i feel fine it's like we'll just try you know not ejaculating for like two weeks and then see how that feels yeah exactly i really encourage men to do that and and really try to only ejaculate once or or twice a month maximum and see see how much energy and, and vitality and aliveness and happiness that you have because there's there's so much depression out there and mm. I know a lot of men are really really struggling and more and more men are committing suicide and unfortunately you know whacking off in front of a laptop you know two three times a day is, is really not helping and it's just perpetuating that that deep deep wound of of, of guilt and and shame mm. 
So by, by putting porn to the side and, and actually dropping into, into your beautiful mind and, and dropping into the possibility of creating your own fantasies in your mind. Mm, and just somatically feeling your body. Yeah. You can create any fantasy that you want in your mind and you can, you can feel that through, throughout your body and, and, and your being. Mm. And you can make those fantasies reality with, with your lover if you, if you have the, the balls to, to express your truth instead of hiding away mm-hmm. and, and jacking off in front of a, a laptop and getting more, more guilty and shameful and holding on to your truth. So, yeah, it's really time for... For men to claim back their power mm-hmm. and the best way to do that is is through brotherhood is through getting naked mm-hmm. around other men doing sexual kung fu learning these techniques learning wild man activation so the energy just doesn't get stuck in one chakra because i think a lot of guys are like well i'll get blue balls if i don't come well that's where sexual kung fu and wild man comes in well yeah i mean i, c- I can share a little bit about that because when I was with a woman and, and we were getting really horny and if, if I didn't ejaculate I, oh my balls would be absolutely aching the day after like excruciating excruciating and uh, I would have to ejaculate to alleviate that pain there was, there was no other way it would just suddenly come on and it was uncontrollable mm. it was just unbearable mm. however when I started practicing the the retention method and edging and non-ejaculation I was I was able to suck that pain in Mm. and up and it was almost like that 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 squeezing of the PC muscle of the PC muscle and the and and, and the testicles and the anus and Mm. even a little bit in the toes and just just Mm. pulling that up and in Mm. even when the the pain was there yeah just like it's almost like a, a, a muscle, a tensing a muscle or a bicep. Yeah. It's yeah. just like a twist and up. And, it, and I didn't need to ejaculate anymore. It just sort of alleviated that. Yeah. And, and plus, I was able to last for, for hours, you know, when, when I was making love. As opposed to, oh, 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 yeah, oh I can't hold control, it, I can't hold yeah. it. Oh. <laughs> oh. And now I feel guilty and shame, shameful again because I only lasted five or ten minutes. I had this lover who, <laughs> he would have like a three-part orgasm. So I'd, I'd be like jerking him off and he'd be like, huh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> like, yeah. fall asleep. <laughs> it's like three parts. I, actually, the tongue only came out of the third part. I was like, huh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we've all been there yeah we've all been there but right? it's not very empowering is it no I mean you just fall asleep it's kind of boring and then that refractory period like I think when I was even ejaculating once every four days I was still in a slight ejaculation hangover for myself you know I can only speak for myself as a 34 mm. year old man if I come once every 30 to 40 days I'm golden I've got so much energy I need less sleep and I, I actually feel more drawn to eat healthy foods. Have you noticed that too? When you retain, you kind of have this urge to want to eat healthier foods. Yeah, you're not just grabbing the, the, the first sugary or salty fix that's there, you know. Mm. It's, it, it, it's, it's bringing more intention into life. It's bringing more intention into, into sex and lovemaking. Mm. And it's bringing more intention into 
ejaculation as well so that so that when you do ejaculate that once or twice a month it's it's a it's an epic moment it's like <laughs> oh you got a good high register there it's supported by his testicles <laughs> that's awesome yeah yeah wow so i really encourage men to have a daily practice around just shaking up the yeah shaking up the cock and balls and that mm. that lower energy center mm -hmm. and just wake, waking it up waking it up yeah even yeah. grab the cock and balls and shake and, and shake shake <clears throat> them in front of the mirror and just 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 practice mm. being naked in front of yourself in, mm -hmm. in front of the mirror with yourself and just being comfortable with your body and yeah. shaking it up would you say that human sexuality is less of like a gay and a straight thing and more of like a spectrum absolutely yeah I, I truly I truly believe that without without all these barriers and fears it can be it can be a very very wide spectrum mm. you know there's so many different forms of connection and intimacy that we can have and it's not just gay or straight um, friends mm. or fucking it's mm. there's so much in between yeah because when I hug you, like we both have, we both practice semen retention, so I can feel your sexual energy. And it's not like I want to have sex with you, but I can literally feel like our testicles kind of, it's almost like how women get on the same period when they hang out. I can feel like this amping up of my testosterone. Mm. And then that makes me want to show up more fully as a man in my relationships. So it's not like we were doing something sexual, <clears throat> but it was sexual in a way because I was, we were feeling a resonance. Uh, our chakras are coming into coherence which is helping me show up more fully as a man so I, I guess yeah I'm just sort of playing off what you just said is like everything is so uh, dynamic and it, it's not as simple as gay and straight definitely not definitely not you know we're we're able to cultivate this vibration and, and resonance together mm. and this, this, this energy and when we move out of isolation and, and loneliness and come together as, as, as brothers and, and men, it's, it's, it's a real opportunity to, to create more energy and, and really show up more fully expressed mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't make you gay or straight. It just makes you human. Yeah. And people go, thing. well, you know, being gay is not natural. And I say, well, gay and straight is a Western first world construct. It's, it's just a, an imagination. It, the truth of the matter is everything is dynamic in nature. And I would say that homosexual interaction doesn't necessarily have to be penetration, but, but you know, uh, uh, um, a sexual bond or even a romantic bond between two men actually facilitates social cohesion in the tribe because... For example, the ancient Spartans, they all had wives back home, but they would all have sex with each other to bond. They'd mm. be intimate in different ways because mm. then they would be more apt to protect each other on mm. the battlefield. And that was just part of their culture. So it's almost like homosexual interaction ebbs and flows in terms of what's permissible and what's not throughout time. 
And in the in the Piscean age, if you identified as straight, it was definitely a no-no. Like you could never, you know, don't hug your 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 uh, friend too much because you might be gay. And now we're getting this upsurge where my brother, who identifies as heterosexual, he said, you know, Will, I think in 50 years from now, if you're a straight guy and you haven't admitted that you've, you know, done something sexual with another man, that's going to be seen as uncool. <laughs> like it's coming back. The idea that you know. Like, I'm getting a lot of straight guys. Like, I, I told a bunch of guys last week at Cold Plunging that I teach naked men's cock-touching classes. <laughs> and this guy's like, you know what? I'm going to come. <laughs> so I'm straight, but I, I'm going to come. I want to put myself in challenging situations and grow. So That's we came. Awesome. And, yeah, we were doing the sexual kung fu techniques, you know, stimulating ourselves to, the, to arousal yeah. and then pulling the energy up into our bodies like you had said that you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really important to to break down these these barriers and these inhibitions and these fears and to mm-hmm. to really really push push our edge as as men and and humans because it's beyond the edge mm-hmm. where transformation lies that's awesome is there anything else that you want to share or speak on or can I ask you, have, have you ever been intimate with a man? And how has that been? About as intimate as I've been with a man is to, to just lie naked. Just suck his... <laughs> <laughs> just the tip. Yeah, yeah, just a little. Just, uh, <laughs> just teabag his sack in yeah. my mouth. Well, I stuck my finger up his ass. <laughs> Not, not quite that far yet, but just, yeah, Bend just, over. <laughs> <laughs> just, just lying, just lying naked in, in a man's lap. Mm. He, he was, he was naked as well. And just, just, just being able to lie naked in his lap was, was really, really intimate for me. Mm. And just allowing myself to be to be held by another man mm-hmm. as, a, as, I, as I truly am, you know? Just this, this, this naked, naked man. That's beautiful. And that was, yeah, that was, that was really, really beautiful for me. And I've hugged, hugged a lot of men naked and mm-hmm. I, I find that very, very intimate. Yeah. At the moment, I don't feel it needs to go much, much further, but who knows what will happen in the future. Yeah. I don't want to limit myself to, to my expression and evolution. That's beautiful. Amen, brother. That's how I feel. On the other end with women, like it's, if, you know, if I see a beautiful woman, woman, I don't want to limit myself. Oh, well, I'm this gay guy or I'm this, you know, bi, bi guy. I just want to see people for people and let things evolve as they're meant to. I really like that approach to life of just sort of, you always say, you know, if it's divine timing or, you know, we'll put it into the, what do you say? We'll put it into the ethers? Into the field. Into the field. Yeah. I like that. It's like when we declare something, it's, it's, it's out in the field and there are numerous possibilities around how that could happen that's awesome I'm not going to (laughs) cry that was really great thank you so much Silver for sharing Mm.
Mm. Thank you for your your beautiful invitation to to have this conversation. You're welcome. Thank you for showing up. Mm-hmm. Always a pleasure. <laughs> mm. Namaste. See how we're hugging? The second chakras are close. <laughs> the heart is close. We're on the left side because <laughs> the left side is close to the heart. And we're embracing without mm. hitting extremely. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll do that. This is how most guys hug. What's up, fuck? Yeah, good to see you over here. <laughs> I hunt. I'll fish sometimes. Or if, you're, <laughs> if you're lucky, you might get uh, stick your butt out. Huh? Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally. It's <laughs> so funny. Some of the guys in my class, when I get them to hug, they do that. They stick their like, It's like, uh, what's the Donald Duck? It's so cute. Yeah, yeah. but it's changing. Things are, yeah. things are, are getting more um, full, full of light. Things are, everybody's becoming more light-filled. Allowing ourselves to become more light-filled. Feels good. Absolutely. And to be allowing ourselves to be fearlessly expressed mm-hmm. totally it's time it's time the time is this now. is it this, this is, is it. it yeah totally Woo, it's exciting <laughs> scary and exciting i love it <laughs> fear is just excite without the breath well scary and exciting creates exhilarating that's true that's very true and on that note silver and i are gonna go get naked and jump in that glacial water <laughs> Namaste. Have a beautiful day, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And to hear more about what Silver is up to, what is your website? It is silverstoric.com. That's S-I-L-V-E-R-S-T-O-R-I-C.com. Awesome. Or is it .global? I forget. Uh, we'll put I it in the it's, show notes. It's now .global. .global. Okay, it perfect. It is now .global. We'll double check and then I'll put it in the description. And, uh, and then also with you and your beautiful girlfriend, you guys have the Edge Co-Creative. That's correct. Edge Co-Creative, yeah. And so that's on Instagram, it's just the Edge Co-Creative. And also on Facebook? Yeah, also on Facebook. And, and you can find out more about us at fullyaligned.love. Beautiful. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much, Silver, for being on the podcast. What an awesome dude. And thank you guys for joining in on the Urban Yogi Podcast, episode 56. If you have any questions, any comments, feel free to send me an email, willblunderfield at gmail.com. The music that you've been listening to all throughout this episode was designed, created, and recorded by Mr. Silver Stork himself. And uh, you can type his name, Silver Stork, in on SoundCloud to check out his material. He's multifaceted, multi-talented, and it was so nice to have him on the show today. Hope you guys are having a great day and enjoying this time isolating and being with yourself and connecting more deeply to your core. Satnam. I greatly receive all of this.
receive all of this.